0: Occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. (laughs) Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 45. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses tonight. What are you talking about today, Kate? I will be telling you about the Yuki Onna, which is like a snowy, ghosty woman thing. Seems appropriate for the upcoming cold months. Exactly. It's autumn rolling around. Thought I'd just indulge a bit. Nice. I'm talking about the Akiri demon, which yeah. is a little ghost spirit demon. Oh, Sources cool. say multiple things. I'll let you know in a few minutes. I love that neither of us are entirely sure what we're talking about today. It's going to be a good one. I can, I can feel it. Before we do, though, let me tell you about some weird news I found. Please do. I got this information from a Mirror interview with Paul Masters, who is a member of True Paranormal Events UK. Paul is a paranormal investigator and has been for the past seven years. Anyway, he's in the news for being absolutely livid at Poundland. I mean, sure, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's translated to other countries, but it's a bargain store where everything's pound. So Paul is livid because Poundland released their Halloween decorations, including an entirely correct Ouija board. I remember seeing that on the internet, yeah. They, mm-hmm. they have a Ouija board, did not they? Understandably, Paul's line of argument is that everyone could be summoning demons without even meaning to, especially since people could be using them when the veil is extremely thin on Halloween. Poundland replied to Paul and said that they were only for the sale of 18+, and that they're only available in around 90 of the 800-plus stores. But what do you think? Um, I think it's it's sweet that they've made them 18+. plus. Yeah, but, like, I still... I wouldn't want you to get one, because you don't know how to use it. You know what I mean? I do, but I still wouldn't. Yeah, but you're not, like, a medium. You're not, like... I'm a demonologist. Yeah, but you're not qualified. I I it. <laughs> it would still worry me, you know? And we are pretty open-minded, pretty informed, you know... So, like, there are people out there that are 18 that are not any of those things and would still do it for, for a laugh. Yeah, I think lots of people do Ouija boards for fun. And, you know, it's fine, I feel like, as long as you're researching at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's just not a very good idea, especially if it's advertised as a decoration. Yeah. Or, like, a fun game. Have these people not seen The Exorcist? Or literally what happened with Ouija boards when they came out as a game. Maybe we shouldn't do that again. hmm just maybe it's history rewriting itself. Maybe we should watch a horror movie and then learn from our mistakes. Yeah, right? Just buy a nice little spooky candle, have some nice little spooky cookie cutters for Halloween, and just watch a movie. It depends on what you believe, though. Some people might not believe in, in ghosts and demons and any of that stuff. Doesn't mean you should try and summon one. Yeah, guess not. <laughs> well, Life I'm lessons. probably not going to buy a pound-language board, but that's <laughs> pretty pretty good value, yeah, to be pound. Not bad you want to get straight into it. I'll talk about the Icaria Demon. My sources are artsandculture.google.com, paranormalfact.fandom.com, arjungriter.com, astonishinglegends.com, and paranormalguide.com. So part of the reason it was so hard to find information on this is because it was in Supernatural, the TV series. Ah. And if you know anything about that and you try and research anything on the internet, Mm -hmm. it's always the first three pages of the internet. That's what I have with the the Yukiana. It's in some video games.
1: Yeah. So I was
0: just getting like Boss, Yukiana, weaknesses, none. And I was like, give me <laughs> Give me yeah. the info. Well, I don't I don't use Google or anything like that. I know one of my sources was Google, but I didn't search Google for it. So I I always do that in hopes that I'm gonna get some more underground sources, mm-hmm. which usually is what happens. But sometimes they do slip through, and you do end up on supernatural fandom wiki or something. Oh man, the amount of times with the Wendigo, especially, I was just trapped in supernatural fandom wiki, and I was like, please, someone get me get out. Me out! <laughs> also, these uh, spirits are from Indian mythology, but they're also from Native American mythology. Okay, storytelling I believe it's quite, it was quite difficult because some people were saying Indian as in like Native American terminology and yeah. some people were saying Indian as in like Hindu terminology so it was quite complicated but mm-hmm. from what I can gather they are from both areas okay that always makes it more credible I think if two places have got the same kind of mythology because I'm like it's not just a local legend Yeah, it's not just Native American storytelling or Hindu mythology, it's a little bit of both. Exactly. And they're both slightly different, which makes me wonder sort of where the line is drawn. Anyways, so it's thought to be the ghost of a little girl who was killed by either a painful disease, murdered, or tortured and left to die. Maybe we shouldn't have started the episode with you. It's Halloween month. She's often depicted as being a small, frail, and sick human girl with a complexion that's so pale she's almost grey. I know you're laughing. I did write, I know what you're thinking. That's just your aesthetic, Abby. However- It's true. She has terrifying dark and unnatural eyes that separate her from other children and humans altogether. Ooh, like the- what are they called? The black-eyed black-eyed children. children. She's said to live in the mountaintops or hilltops, and they're often referred to as hill fairies because of this. Fairies. That's just my accent, do you want to say it? <laughs> hill fairies, rather than hill furries. Not like the tail people, like the little... Floating, like Tinkerbell. Yeah. While the carry doesn't seem to be so dangerous at first glance, this demon is said to enjoy the misery of humans. So she comes down from the hilltops at night to spread her plague. Honestly, hun, same. The spirit is plague-bearing, so... In the mythology, if she was tortured or murdered brutally, Mm -hmm. she's angry at sort of humanity. And if she's died from illness, then she wants to spread the disease that she has to other people as a way of getting back at everybody. So she brings sickness and disease to the vulnerable and she's attracted to human movement. So when she comes down from the hilltops, she sort of stalks out her prey. And once the prey has been identified in a community or a village hide amongst the community until a large gathering such as a festival or a birthday party and then because obviously she takes the form of a child she often blends into the community sort of seamlessly and presents herself as a victim to the local people so using her physical body she can try and gain children's trust through sort of playing with them and she can gain the trust of adults through appearing as if obviously she's unwell she's alone yeah like a weak child vulnerable yeah yeah Also, she said to be able to shapeshift in two of these sources. One of them said that she could, she is a little girl, but then she can shapeshift into this sort of like skeletal creature. Mm. And others said that she could sort of just fine-tune her appearance to make herself seem the most vulnerable and gain the trust of the humans. I wonder if the skeletal thing comes from everyone's kind of connotations of death as a figure. Possibly. Like, I wonder if That's where that's come from. Because it sounds very different to sickly child. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, she's a psychopomp. She's a what? We'll get to that. So, at this point, when she's in the community, she'll pick someone to infect. So the spirit will cast a shadow over their victim, and it makes them fall ill with a contagious, deadly respiratory disease. And this this is the child they usually will have the most contact with. They will infect the child and then the child is infected instantly and have this untreatable sickness that quickly spreads throughout the community and brings death to all of the elderly people. Damn. She's not messing around. She's not. It's said that she does this so that the other children must suffer and die like she did, and with each life she takes, she grows stronger. Her plague is painful, and since she sort of thrives off misery, the suffering of a child will also let her grow more powerful. Oh my god. Is that why she goes for children then? Because it's more, like, I guess, I don't know, more suffering in her eyes? Possibly. You know what I mean? Because like I was wondering when you said it originally, why would you go for a child? Well, she is also taking the form of a child. Yeah, but I think kids have got more interactions with adults than they do other children. I might be wrong. I just feel like that's true. I feel like you're going to get more physical attention from an adult than you will a child. Fair enough. She's also a psychopomp, which means that this type of spirit is an omen of death. So she sings and dances and plays drums as she's on her way to infect you. So if you hear the singing or the drums near your village, it signifies that an infectious disease is coming your way and it will result in death. What a cheery little demon. I'm coming. (laughs) to protect yourself when you hear this you can wear red the main thing to protect you is the colour red such as red ribbons amulets and clothing and mothers have their children wear sort of red bands or embroider their children's clothes with red ribbon to protect them you'd be absolutely screwed if you lived near a village of bulls wouldn't you oh my gosh (laughs) Red is often used as a protection against spirits, and it dates back to over 2.5 million years ago. Wow. When hunter-gatherers buried their dead with red powders to ward off evil spirits. I wonder what that's about. It's also used in European lore as red charms uh, can keep away evil spirits and protect against evil witchcraft. Hmm. See, that's interesting, because I feel like the colour red is kind of synonymous with anger and hatred, as well as, like, love and protection. So I wonder why... It is, because if it's been known as this sort of like protective ward or offer of bad things, why it now has such negative connotations? It has quite a lot of different connotations. That Google article, Mm artsandculture.google.com, has a whole thing about the colour red and how it's been used through history. And it's quite interesting. This is a very historical episode. It is. I feel like I'm a history podcast. (laughs) Listen to any other episode if this is your first one, because we're not usually this like... (laughs) (laughs) Risa. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a lie. You can also use salt to defend against the akiri. So people will line sort of their property boundaries with salt, and they will give their children leather pouches filled with salt to that, protect against the spirit. That's another one that crops up a lot: salt against demons and yeah. negative stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess if it works, you might as well try it for everything. Spiders, salt. You, when you're in a bad mood, salt the door line. You are Can't so rude. <laughs> Catch me kicking down the salt door. The Akiri are hard to stop, but you can defeat them. So, in Native American storytelling, there's a tradition that says that if you wrap the red cloth of a medicine woman around the neck of the Akiri demon, it would put it to rest. That sounds like it's going to be pretty difficult to do. I guess if you, if you recognize that this little child has come into your, your village... In your community, and is acting kind of sus. Stop it, this is not among us. Then you can put the ribbon around its neck and be like, it's a decoration, and if it dies, it's a demon, and if not, beautiful. Oh my god. <laughs> Could you imagine someone's watching you just, like, kill this kid, and everyone's like, um, what the fuck? And you're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's a demon. In Hindu mythology, it's slightly different, so it says that to stop the wrath of the demon, she has to be appeased. How do you appease a demon? Well, there are two ways to do it with this one. The first is vigorously beating a brass... Oh my god, this is a tongue twister. Vigorously beating a brass dish. Because apparently this places the victim into a dance trance that would teach them what sacrifice would satisfy the demon. Stop it. The other is to make a portable altar with kegs and lights and then worship upon it and then take it and place it in a remote location in hopes that the Akiri will sort of just follow it out. It's interesting how um, synonymous the Hindu people are with lights. Do you know what I mean? Because they've got Diwali, don't they? The, The Festival of Lights. And I feel like it is kind of like a warding off of, but I feel like not a lot of other people use that everyone has their own their own things don't they yeah because if you think about kind of like um I know that seances are like to bring things towards you or whatever but like ceremonies um from lots of different cultures are mainly like candle lit or in a darkened place or something so it's interesting how they're the opposite yeah well that's all the information that I have for you on this one wow it's not super long but I thought it was kind of interesting yeah now you know about another type of Demon slash spirit slash little plague girl. Yeah. I don't think I'd like to meet her, I won't lie. No. She doesn't seem very fun. Nah, not really. Do you want to do the scare scale? Sure, yeah. How scary is the Akiri demon? I'm gonna say like a two. In terms of a demon, she's not that bad. On the ranking of demons, she's kinda low. Yeah, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't I don't rank demons. Well, we've talked about some others before, and they're just a bit... They're a bit scarier. Okay, do you not find the idea of a uh, deadly plague? Well, it's dangerous. Yeah, I'll rate you on danger. Okay, how dangerous? Like a four and a half. Ooh. Yeah. Where deadly the plague? likelihood that she is real, and not just a story? I think maybe, like, a two. You don't think? Well, I think somewhat, but I think it sounds like a good explanation for disease before you know what disease is. Fair enough. It feels like a very humanised version of disease sort of before you had all of the medicine and information and stuff. Fair enough. That's quite interesting. Yeah. But... Any other ideas? Um, I mean, it could just be a demon. I don't know. I think it's either an explanation for something that you can't explain or a demon. I think there's not really much else you can go off of for that. Fair enough, I'll wrap that up then. Yeah. You want to plug us? I will plug us. If you would like to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can do that at Magic Pod. And if you want to help support the show financially, which will help us keep making episodes, you can do that. If you go to MythsMagicAndMeta.com and click on the Support Us button, you can do it through Patreon, which would be really great. Thank you to everyone who supports us on there already. Woo! Or you can give us a little donation. I appreciate it. Uh, You can also grab some merch over at that website as well, which is pretty pretty heckin' cool. That it is. Um, Over on Patreon, also, just to quickly sum up what we do on there, we give you guys all of the information before everyone else, so you'll know what we'll be covering, um, what sort of things we're up to. You'll also get a merchandise discount for all of our stuff, which is, again, pretty heckin' neat. Um, And we do extra episodes and just whatever you guys want. We love you. And if you have any terrifying tales, haunted happenings, or spooky stories, you can email those on midsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. You want to get straight into yours? Let's get straight into mine. My sources are ancient-origins.net. A classic source. <laughs> anomalyinfo.com, yokai.com, com, occult-world.com, and Wikipedia, both English and Japanese. Wow. Yeah. There was a lot of intense studying going on, and I don't speak a lick of Japanese. Do you now? Could you speak some Japanese for Probably us? not, no. Okay, I won't force it upon you. <laughs> I'm, well, good, because I'm not going to do I've it. I've made you speak so many different languages on this. <laughs> I know. So, in Japan, Yukiana literally means snow woman. They fall under the category of yokai, which is basically just... Monsters, demons, spirits Any other mythical or supernatural creature They kind of just have like a broad category I guess we would use supernatural As the kind of category there Fair enough It's not one of the more popular folklore legends in Japan But in the northern snowy areas People tend to know the name The Yukiana have been described as beautiful women With very pale skin And either very dark eyes or purple eyes their hair is either jet black or snowy white, but it's always really long, and they're extremely cold to the touch. Apparently, they can fit in with humans pretty well, but as the vampires in Twilight had a problem with not aging. Don't bring that up. Yuki Why would Anna you? share the curse. The vampires in Twilight. Mm-hmm. You just you were like, mm, how do I push in Twilight? Oh Was this yeah. episode? I was like, like I God, it. I'm such an absolute slag for Twilight. <laughs> Why would you say Twilight? So, in the main, they've been known for hiding in the snowy regions and living out their lives there. I can't believe you just said that. You got me going. Yeah, they hide out in the snowy regions, live out their lives there. I guess no one's going to notice that, like, you know, you're not aging, that kind of thing. Even though they seem like lovely, attractive women who like the colder months, They do become a bit darker when you discover that their diets are normal human food, but also literal human life force. That doesn't sound too bad. I mean, it doesn't sound too good. They go about the latter by sucking your life force from your mouth and leaving you as an icy statue of a person. This is also partly why they generally spend their time in the mountainous snowy regions, because they can feast on travellers without getting caught. Oh, fair enough. See, I thought you meant like psychic vampire. I didn't mean, I didn't realize you meant like all of it. No, no, dead. Straight up all at once. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. In some stories, the Yukiana would be in a blizzard hugging a child. And then when travelers would get near, she would ask them to hug the child to keep them warm on such a cold night. Those who agreed to do it would hug the child, then find that the child became heavier and heavier until they became covered with snow and thus freeze to death. It doesn't seem to be much better if you don't agree to hug the child, though, because apparently the Yukiana would just shove you into a snowy valley, where, again, you would freeze to death and die. They've got a plan B. (laughs) They're like, damn, what if someone doesn't like kids? Oh, I'll just shove him. It's fine. It's not all bad, though. If you're able to withstand the weight of the child, then the Yukiana will bestow great physical strength on you, and it's entirely possible that the ghostly woman will give you a bunch of treasure. I quite like that in these stories. I feel like, for some reason, it's always Japan when we talk about them, where it's like, everything's a test. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's this horrible creature, but if, you, if you're if you ballsy enough <laughs> to fight it... If you got what it takes... It'll worship you forever. Mm-hmm. According to other regions of Japan, if you even speak to a Yukiona, they will straight up eat you. Damn, that's brutal. Yeah. Alternatively, they can sneak into your house and steal children's livers. That's very specific. Yeah. What did they want with the liver Honestly, not not got a clue. Maybe they eat them. Wasn't this the same thing with the kappa? (laughs) They took the liver too. What is it with Japan and livers? If you're Japanese, (laughs) I think we have a small Japanese audience. Can you tell us what what's up with the liver? Please add one Japanese listener. (laughs) What's up? Tell us. What's up with your liver? If a Yukiana does come to the house in a more polite fashion, though, it's possible they'll ask for you to give them some hot water. If you do that, they'll kill you. What you should do instead is give them a hot tea and do a chant. I'm not going to do the chant because I couldn't find how to pronounce it, and I feel like I'm going to accidentally butcher enough in this story. That's fair enough. Also, sometimes the Yukiana will just lead you astray and watch and wait as you freeze to death because you're so lost. Oh, yeah, they have so many different things. Yeah, and finally, sometimes she'll have sex with men, and once she's done, she'll just kill them. Fair. Yeah, so. In different areas of Japan, the legend changes slightly, which is why there are so many stories. Right, I thought she was just busy. (laughs) She's got a busy busy schedule my one is like step one come down from the mountain step two blend in with the people step three kill them all and yours is like (laughs) hot water hold my baby I'm gonna have sex with a man I'm (laughs) gonna break into your house take your liver oh man busy Friday night well from what I can see the yuki on are more of a species than a person yeah so it wouldn't surprise me if they were all doing different things because they're all different people Some people like tea, some people like coffee, some people like children's livers. Which one are you? Tell us in the description. (laughs) A lady never tells. So, like I said, the legend changes slightly according to which area you're in. In some places, the Yukiana only really appeared during the Koshogatsu, which means Little New Year's. I am so sorry if I've ruined everything. The Little New Year's falls on the 15th of January, or less commonly the 15th day of the first lunar month. So, kind of like how Easter changes every year. Yeah. But yeah, most people now just celebrate it on the 15th of January. And it's said that the Yukiana stay active here until the first day of February. No one's really sure why they're said to appear on these days, but it has been thought that the Yukiana used to be worshipped as a Toshigami. I had a bit of confusion here, so obviously I'm going to explain it. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I found that Toshigami was also a Shinto region god who was father to many other gods, but in this case I'm using Toshigami to mean a visiting god, So one that turns up around the New Year's, or in this case, the Little New Year's, to bring either blessings or bad omens for the year ahead, which could explain why the Yukihono rock up around this time. Equally, the fact that they leave on the 1st February could have reference to the Gaelic festival of Imolg, which marks the beginning of spring, and would thus explain why the cold, icy, wintry women would vanish. Interesting. That is all just a theory, though. <laughs> it's not canon, I guess. Not every Yukiana is bad, though. Some do stick to just living human lives. Or living human lives by day and sucking life force by night, you never know. In one story, told by a farmer in Chofu, which is now where modern-day Tokyo is, two men, Mosaku and Minokichi, went out of their village to collect firewood and hunt. While they were out, they were caught in an unexpected storm and had to stay in a small hut rather than return to the village. Minokichi, the younger of the two, was awoken in the middle of the night as he thought the storm had blown open the door to the hut as he had a really bad chill. Once he was awake, though, he saw a beautiful woman leaning over Musaku, sorry Mosaku and breathing a white mist over him. When she'd finished, he was lifeless. Obviously, Minokichi was fearing for his life, as he was face to face with the Yukiana, However, she pitied him, as he was so young and beautiful, so she told him, don't speak a word of this to anyone, and in return, I'll spare you. So he agreed, but she made sure to make it obvious that if he told anyone, she would know, and she would kill him. Fair. So years went by, he didn't tell anyone. He met a woman, had children with her, got married, and one day, he told her of what had happened. She listened to the whole story patiently. Then when he had finished, she rose up, snow white and enraged. She was the Yuki Onna from the story. Oh my god, she pranked him this whole time. Right. Catfished. It's me. You don't recognise me? Bitch. Betty <laughs> <laughs> thought you saw the last of me. So are there kids? Half. Huh. I don't know. She spared his life again because someone had to look after the children. But she drifted into the snowy night in her kimono and he never saw her again. Wow, that's a long waiting game to play. Right. Did she love him? I don't know. I'm invested. <laughs> I, I like that she was just like, well, someone has to look after these kids. And it ain't going to be me. Yeet. <laughs> I was just doing this to see if you'd say anything. I have to go now. Right. <laughs> Talks of Yukiana can be dated back to the Muromachi period. Sorry again if I said that wrong, which was from 1336 to 1573. But researchers don't think this was the first time people had heard of the Yukiana. Still, though, there's not an agreed-upon origin story for this particular ghost or type of ghost. Some say she was just a woman who fell into the snow and froze to death, which would explain why she wears completely unsuitable clothing for snow. <laughs> also, sometimes she's just straight up naked, so. Oh, nice! It could explain it. Similarly to this, it's possible that there was a woman that was tricked and murdered in the snow, so now the Yukiana acts as a vengeful ghost, trying to freeze others to death as she was. Others say that Yukiana is born from snow. This stems from the belief, which I hadn't heard of before. It's super interesting. So basically, it's the belief that if there's enough of something, it will form life. So if the water's deep enough, fish will be born. If the trees in the forest are dense enough, birds will be born. You get the gist. That's That's quite a nice way of thinking about things. Yeah. Finally, the last origin I found... Is people think she might be a princess of the moon who essentially, sorry, the moon world, who essentially got so bored she turned up on Earth, but it was super snowy and she couldn't return. So, oh, yeah, but yeah, that was, that was all I had, really. So do you want to do the scare scale? Sure. Yeah. I really liked that. I know. I thought it was quite interesting. It was a little bit different. Yeah, definitely. So how scary do you think it is? How scary? Mm-hmm. Like a two and a half. Yeah. Because I think that in some instances it's kind of scary. Like she just shoves you, <laughs> takes all your <laughs> just life. into course. a ravine. Yeah, that's kind of brutal. But, I mean, she was polite enough to just stay with that guy for ages. Yeah, true. You can give her some tea. Yeah, you have to know to give her tea though, otherwise she eats you. What's that about? Honestly, I'm not sure. I can't really figure out her whole diet. I won't lie. She's just mad. She is. She's just internally like, I'm gonna go ask water, bender. and if they give it to me, fuck them. <laughs> How dangerous do you think she is? Five. Right? There's absolutely no telling what this mad lad is gonna do. She's gonna. There's no way. Right? It's not like you. If can you, you talk just to her, dead. And you know, I can be so. Angry. <laughs> give her what she asked for. Dead. Hug the child. Dead. You are always wrong. Yeah. I love it. It's like one of those choose your fate and but you're always, always wrong. Just, if you see her, you know you're dead. Yeah, you're, it's, you're screwed. Too bad, man. Give up. What's the likelihood that the Yukiana exists? Like a two. Fair. Why? It's just so unpredictable. I have no way. Maybe like a three. Just kind of okay. middle ground. Middle ground, fair. fair Honestly, enough. I don't really have much reasons why I why I went not. Yeah, it just could be, right? I mean, it could be. The world is full of mysterious shit. That it is. Put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Do you have any alternatives? I have a couple, so let me do mine first. Yeah, go on. So, obviously, there was, like, it could be the girl that died, it could be a girl that was murdered, it could be the moon world princess, but it could also be a type of vampire, right? Yeah, it totally could be. Yeah, because none of them really mentioned it or really went into detail about what exactly the Yukiana was. But in all of the origins, people are just like, oh, it's just one girl. And I'm like, what? Like, it's one girl that froze to death. And I'm like, all of these cannot be the doings of one girl ghost. She's just really bored. She's just switching it up. Right? So I think type of vampire. And like what you were saying about the psychic vampires, when they just like take your... Your life force. Yeah, rather than But not your enough blood to kill you. Yeah, except they take enough to kill you. Real, real hungry psychic vampires. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. Could be a ghost. Could be the forgotten about god that I mentioned. Like worshipped once as a god and now is vengeful. Yeah. Um, Spicy. I think that was yeah, I think that was it for mine. So you wanna go ahead? Yeah, I mean honestly I don't really have any others, my others was vampire. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the life force and the cold and the beautiful. I can see how that would get passed down to it being like, oh, don't do this and don't do this and you should do this and should can I take your liver. Oh, that was another one that I had. It could just be folklore. Oh, definitely. Because... Well because everything could be folklore, couldn't it? Yeah, but it's if you're out in the wilderness and it's cold, you're going to freeze to death, essentially. Yeah. So I guess it would warn people away from, like, hiking in the cold bit, you know? Definitely. Scare children into... Submission. That's what I do. (laughs) Scare (laughs) children to submission. I'm going to take your liver. Put that on a shirt and buy it. No. (laughs) Well, any other other ideas? None? No, I wish we could talk for longer, because this is a very short episode. But... How short is it? Thirty-two minutes. This is a minisode. I had so many words. Yeah. I guess we just said them real fast. <laughs> That'll be why I was so out of breath. You want to just go dee doop for the rest of the thirty minutes? Sure. Beep-bop, beep 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 Well, I guess all we have left to say is, "Don't listen before bed." Waiters on iTunes. Oh, listen before bed. <laughs>